Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Guidepost in Motion, a podcast highlighting risk, compliance, and security professionals with insights meant to keep you, your business, and operations moving forward. My name is Katya Gozius, and I'm a Managing Director at Guidepost Solutions. I'm excited to welcome back Tim Vasco for part two of our Off the Chain podcast, a discussion about exciting innovations and best practices in the crypto and blockchain industries. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me back, Katya. I really appreciate it. So I think we left off last time uh, talking about the C-suite and how scary it is to potentially implement this this new uh, technology, uh, especially uh, for for their entire enterprise. Um, do they? Do you think, Tim, that they have to scrap everything that they've done thus far? Do you have any sort of tips for uh, the transition and implementation of these new technologies? Uh, absolutely. They don't need to scrap it. In fact, they need to leverage what they've done in the past um, with their technology. Hence, as as uh, we talked about last time, we used the term off the chain. Um, the, the technology, the legacy technologies that exist today, the Web 2.0 technologies have amazing abilities to drive business and bring them all together in a way that um, that we can serve our customers and do our day-to-day work. The problem with blockchain heretofore has been, it really hasn't been looked at as a layer that sits on top of these technologies, which is what it was designed to do um, and meant to do uh, originally over these long uh, periods of engineering. Um, so the answer is, C-suite managers shouldn't be afraid of this technology, but looking at it as uh, an insurance policy of doing things more right, more rapidly, more accurately, and with more compliance in the future. That's what the technology allows for when implementing with with respect to compliance, whether we're talking about uh, chief executive officers or chief compliance officers that they're leading these these blockchain revolutions within their companies, obviously um, uh, something that's ob- often spoken about uh, in the compliance phase is tone at the top, corporate culture, um, helping employees embrace unknown territory, associating the brand with the future. Um, but when it comes down to it, uh, as a lot of compliance professionals know, is that you have to make a business case for compliance. So I think the number one question that people are going to come to me with, for example, is what is this going to cost me? Can you, can you address the costs associated with, with this transition? Yeah. Um, what the the idea of of costing this out is – well, where are our biggest vulnerabilities? And I think that when you start looking at the bottom line um, or the line items on the financial statement, you have to say, what is the cost? To, there are two costs. There's the hard cost. What if I get breached? And one of the big problems that that we understand now or, or C-suite people need to understand is that it's not just about the blockchain. It's also about how are your current systems perhaps not keeping up with what are the mandates, either compliance or um, or the uh, customer mandates of your business. And the best example of that out there, it's just used over and over again, is what happened to Facebook. 
I, look at what that's cost them. Their transition to Meta cost them almost a half a billion dollars to change their name. So far, that's what they've lost. So when, when we look at this, we say, what are the costs of not doing, uh, the, taking the next step towards Web 3.0? And I do want to point out that blockchain is only one small factor or component of what the ecosystem of Web 3.0 actually is, which is how we build around this new idea of, hey, the market expects this. So there's a branding benefit to that, as well as being able to say through things like ESG, and Katya, you and I have talked about ESG, the ability to say we really are ESG compliant and focused, which is going to give us an edge in the marketplace and the actual cost of what happens if our compliance isn't up to speed or we haven't planned for that. So I think you need to look at the financial statement and say, what line items are we actually affecting here? And then which one do we want to invest in first? Because like any good software, you should always look at what's the outcome I want? What's the versioning I should take to achieve this? Thanks, Tim. Um, so, so you mentioned ESG. Obviously, we we touched on fintech um, previously in, in our uh, episode one of Off the Chain. Um, can you give me some other examples of where, where blockchain has essentially changed um, the, the business uh, practices for an organization, improved efficiencies, anything with respect to supply chain, uh, any kind of industry you can highlight? I can actually highlight companies that are really effectively using this. Um, Whole Foods, not surprisingly, since they got uh, acquired by Amazon, um, has, uh, as we all know, Amazon has this amazing logistics system, and that has been uh, improved consistently very much behind the scenes by Amazon in everything that they do. Now, Amazon obviously being this tech-driven company is one example, but Walmart has stated that they have increased and improved efficiency at scale. And early on, actually a few years ago, HSBC stated that behind the scenes, they had been running corporate transactions on blockchain and significantly reduced risk and the cost of overhead. So we really don't have time to get into the specifics of how or what these companies did, but there are three uh, multinational, very successful organizations that have faced their challenges and actually come in. If you look at HSBC, lots of AML sanctions, as you know, Katya and so forth. I think their one was $1.9 billion sanction. That's called a motivation to go take steps forward to say with our, our our obligations in the world, how can we implement new technologies? So a lot of these different organizations have been able to start leveraging this technology with their current systems to create efficiencies. Um, we don't have time to get into the details of how they did it, but I can tell you those are three companies you could go look at and you'll find case studies on them. Thanks for that, Tim. So, so with respect to um, making this transition, uh, uh, how how is this going to uh, help the company make money, right? So so we we've talked about worst case scenarios, the cost of of uh, you know, 
non-compliance, if you will. But uh, how is this going to, um, you know, streamline their businesses? How is this going to increase efficiencies specifically? Not 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 just you know Whole Foods or Walmart type situations, but you know your um, average front of the mill company, if you will. Well, I think that the current mindset first you look at your customer base and you say well what does our what do our customers expect of us and when we start looking that at that the demand for privacy security better collaboration inside the company with your teams and the ability to say okay my team needs to be closer to the end user customer. My team needs to be closer to the vendors and in the supply chain. Um, and if they are able to do that in a secure and compliant fashion or with the uh, call need to know information and the tools to do that, naturally, we're going to be more efficient and we're also going to be more trusted through our organization um, or through our customer, our brand is going to be more trusted with our customers. So although we don't have time to talk about this, we're talking to large companies about branding, for example, and authenticating from knockoffs and frauds in say the luxury goods industry. So, you know, is that really a X and I won't use brand name, purse or product. When we do that, the customer is willing to pay more, is willing to trust you more, and is willing to give you more business and be more confident in your business. That's marketing. At the end of the day, uh, I call it trustonomics, but this is the economics of trust that is being looked for or demanded in the market and that people want. So there's a true bottom line to all of this when you look at that end user customer. Where are your products coming from? Where are they going to? That's supply chain. That's number one. Number two is operational. So we've seen all the supply chain problems. If you listen to quarterly reports from uh, during the COVID, uh, this COVID period, most companies are blaming drops in revenues to supply chain challenges. What if you could improve your flexibility or elasticity in supply chain? You can, because you can use this technology to very quickly redact or change direction and still get to your end goal because you've authenticated in more places and you can shift volume easily and transactions easily when things like wars break out, uh, trade embargoes break out, things like that. So these are all use cases that will help drive the bottom line of implementing a logical approach to using these new technologies. So it sounds like, Tim, what you're saying is that not only am I going to be able to uh, make sure that this banana is actually organic um, and that I, I'll, I'll throw a brand out there, this, this particular Louis Vuitton purse is actually Louis Vuitton and actually you know, uh, made, made uh, in, in Italy, um, that um, what I, will I actually be able to as well um, know that this this beef that I'm ordering and paying uh, $400 for is really um, a, a type of Wagyu. Um, right. 
That, that's exactly right, Katya. And, and this is kind of what's being missed with NFTs out actually the code behind the NFT and the ability to create authentication sourcing all the way through. Right now we're seeing it in digital art. It's very nascent. But when we embed these things into our business practices and we start doing that on an ongoing basis, you can now start really seeing, wow, that is something our customers can rely on from us as a brand. You know, what's that do for you? What's the confidence that you gain? And again, I, I always I like to go back and point to Amazon because when you order something from Amazon, it's going to show up. Right. That's one thing that the world's been trained. It's going to show up. It's there. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to be charged for it. So there's a lot of value that can be gained by creating these efficiencies. It, it, compliance is one, but the extended value of that really goes far beyond that. Well, and, and I, I think going back to ESG, or, or at least to a certain extent, touching it as a, as a consumer, right? So individuals will, will pay more money to know, um, again, that that banana is actually organic, right? But if, if you go down a little bit deeper, um, you know, w with respect to, you know, very conscious consumers, which I think is the, the trend uh, lately, you, you want to know that this for sure is vegan leather. leather. Um, you want to know for sure that, you know, this palm oil was sourced from a plantation that didn't use slave labor, right? So with, with with respect to that, blockchain could be a boom as well, yes? Oh, for sure. I mean, when when we look at ESG, you, you can look at, ESG is the perfect storm. It really has all three components of why we need this kind of a technology approach to our businesses. So the, the consumer demand for ESG is out there clearly. The uh, new sources of capital, you know, in uh, 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 conscious capital and investing in ESG-based businesses come along with additional now compliance requirements. So ESG is a really good focal point of saying, if I have this mandate in my company for sustainability, for the um, ESG philosophies, and actually in building that in, the regulators are going to look more closely at my organization. The customers are certainly looking at it or wouldn't be doing it in the first place because I need this to compete more effectively. Now, what systems am I going to put in and how am I going to modify my current um, approach and mindset to take this throughout my culture of my company and my business practices and embed them and what can um, the blockchain, the web 3.0 technologies do. They can link all that together. And they do it because of the idea of a block is actually a tracking mechanism that goes from the very first source and monitors every data change event that ever happens. Now what we do is we simply put the user inter interface on top of that that makes this happen for that business or that need. That determines cost. How much of that do you want to do? Where do you want to start? If it's succeeding, obviously you're going to invest more and you're going to have your metrics or KPIs and line items that measure what that outcome was. So, so with respect to this, can we talk about scalability a little bit? So, so let's assume, um, you know, that there's 
for example, a global pandemic, right? And suddenly there's a huge demand for um, um, latex gloves. Um, and all of a sudden you have to have a very large shift in, in your business model. How, how can these new technologies help in that sort of transition quickly? Well, again, because we can interlink now all of these facets of our business um, and this idea of the process flow chain or workflows within the business with the supply chain outside the business. And because we're doing this with this block that is the foundational tracker of every transaction. Remember, we're tracking every transaction and multiple factors within that using one simple thing. And this is where crypto has really done a disservice to the blockchain. A token is actually a piece of software that can contain this amazing amount of information and tracking capability and documentation. So think of it like um, when we went from lined, uh, lined barcodes to QR codes that have depth of information. A blockchain is metadata. So with that, we can now start integrating all of this um, into uh, our other systems within the business without affecting them but grab, grabbing this, and we'll use the word meta or metadata into the blockchain, into the web 3.0 practices that we're implementing and drive innovation of, oh, I need to quickly shift because this happened in the economy, this happened in the market, or this is an opportunity I see as a trend that's happening with my business. Well, it's, it sounds like very exciting times, especially for, for those individuals that are willing to embrace these new technologies and, and jump on board as quickly as possible. Um, Tim, thank you again um, for sharing your insights and for joining us today. Um, thank you again to our audience for listening to Off the Chain, a guidepost in motion series. Uh, if you need help developing or enhancing your compliance program while transitioning your business, please visit our website, guidepostsolutions.com. Thank you, Katya. It was a pleasure to be here.